You're probably familiar with the three different types of caching built into Rails. There's page caching, action caching, and fragment caching. Well, thankfully in Rails 2.1, a new kind of caching has been added that is more generic and lower level. So you can use it to cache anything you want, not only view layers. So uh, let me show you this. So we can access this cache by calling rails.cache. And we can treat this somewhat like a hash where we can read and write cache values uh, based off of unique keys. So what we can do is write a uh, value into here. We can just call it date and just put today's date inside of there. So that writes that date value to the, to the cache. And we can also do something similar, just read and just read that value back out of the cache. Uh, so very simple and basic caching technique here. Uh, another method we have is fetch, and this behaves similar to a read, but at first it tries to read it. If it doesn't find it, it will write the value based off of a block that you pass. So let's say, uh, let's fetch a time, and we can pass a block in here to put the value we want it to be if it's not there. So we can say, okay, let's fetch a time, and because the time wasn't there, it got a miss, and so it wrote the time value. And then if we call that same fetch call again, this time it will find that time, it'll do a, perform a hit, and it'll actually return the time from the cache instead of uh, executing the block value and to, uh, to write the value there. So this are, these are all uh, great techniques on how to write values to the cache, but uh, how do we use this in a real-world application? You probably don't want to just write dates and times to it. So here I have a category model, and let's just say in several places throughout our application we're frequently calling category.all just to fetch all the category models from the database. Well, we can cache this value, so let's just make a class method here, uh, call it all cached, and then just perform that same find here, but just cache the value. Uh, so let's just uh, say rails.cache, and then fetch. And let's call a key, let's call it category.all. And then in here we just perform the find. So just call category all here uh, to fetch all the category models and then it will be cached the first time this is called into, uh, cached into the key here. And then the next time it'll just fetch it from memory. And this is a persistent store. So uh, every time this all cached method is called, even if it's on a separate request, it will still fetch it from the memory. I can demonstrate that real quick here in the console. Just call category.allcached. And the first time it's a miss, so it performs the select query and fetches all the categories. The next time it just fetches them all from memory. It doesn't perform the query on the database anymore. Uh, very handy if you don't have very many categories to store, but you're still performing the find on the database a lot of times throughout your application. Now, of course, if you update your category models in that cache we just made, it'll be stale. But uh, you can do you can handle that easily enough by adding a callback into your category model and just calling uh, delete, and then just passing the name of that that key inside of your callback. Um, I won't get into that right now to uh, show you how to make the callback, but that's basically how you would do it. Now, I've gotten this far and haven't actually talked about where the cache is being stored. But this is part of the beauty of it because Rails abstracts this part out of the equation so the majority of your application doesn't have to be concerned about it. You still always access the cache 
through the consistent rails.cache interface. But you can set the cache store at one little line inside of your config file. Now we have several options here. We have the memory store, which is the one I was using uh, in the console. And this is just a simple hash in the background. And the this works fine for some things and small sites, but if you have three mongrel instances running your Rails application, it will be a separate store for each of those. And the memory is just stored right along with your application. So uh, probably you'll want to upgrade to something better uh, pretty quick. And then we have also the file store cache, which of course just stores the cache into the file path you specify. And then we also have memcache. And this is, I think, a lot of people are going to use. It's a, a very cool. Once you just set up a memcache server, uh, you can just point your application to that. And this will just default to localhost uh, at some good default port. And um, you can also specify a namespace if your application needs to share the cache with some other apps. And also, you can specify the server you want to store the cache on, and also specify multiple servers if you want to. So a lot of cool options here for storing uh, the cache, and it's really nice that the majority of your app doesn't really have to be concerned about this. You can just swap it out, uh, and it should still work. So all of this is for setting the rails.cache global cache store. But what if we want to use a separate cache store in a separate part of our application? Well, we can actually uh, generate a cache store on the fly by calling active support cache and then lookup store and uh, I'm going to use a local memcache store here on my running on my local host here and uh, you can just pass the same settings you would when you're setting a, a cache in the config anyway so now we have this cache object which we can read write and uh, fetch objects from just like we could with the other one and so we can call, uh, let's do another time. And because we're using memcache here, we can use some extra options like expires in and say expires in five seconds. How about? And so now if we call, set it to time now, so it sets the value. And then if we fetch it again within five seconds, it's the same value. But then if we fetch it again, it's actually uh, redoes the cache because it expired in those five seconds. So pretty cool how you can use a custom cache store. Uh, you don't always have to use a global cache if you don't want to. There's one more thing I want to show you here regarding caching. Uh, let me just fetch a category object here. And uh, Rails gives us another method we can call on here called cache key. And this will give us a unique key identifying this specific category, but it also gives us the updated at value if it's available. So this is really handy if you need to cache some other values along with this specific category um, because it will make an auto expiring key. So if you actually uh, update the category model, then this key will automatically expire because the updated at value will change automatically. And so this is really handy, for example, to cache maybe the categories uh, show page or something where you can cache that entire content and the cache will automatically expire when the category updates. Now, I don't really have time to go into to showing how this works in this episode, but um, there are some resources out there which I'll add to the show notes for you to check out that go into more detail on how this auto-expiration uh, works. So that pretty much wraps up this episode on caching. I hope you found it useful. Um, there's one more thing unrelated to caching here that I want to mention, is that uh, RubyGems 1.2 was just released, and I highly recommend everyone 
update it. So you could just call gem uh, update dash dash system and that will actually update your gem install to 1.2 and the really great thing about this is that there's no more bulk updating. So if you do a lot of gem installs you know that it could take a while to uh, bulk update your install. Um, this will be much much quicker. So update to 1.2 and uh, I'll see you next week. This episode is sponsored by Pragmatic Screencasts. There you'll find high quality screencasts on a variety of subjects including Ruby and Rails. Check them out at pragmatic.tv.